Good to see you, and it's uh, good to welcome uh, some friends from both Langridge and North Stoke here. Uh, it's great to have you worshipping here with us this morning. Um, uh, give us a wave just to, so I know how thorough to be with the review of last week if you missed uh, what I talked about last week in terms of vision stuff. Okay, right, so there's uh, at least 20 of you. I, I've shortened it from the 40 minutes that it was in the evening, uh, just to 10 slides and about three minutes. So bear with me and we'll catch up. Uh, so last week I just laid out the overview of uh, the vision for this season of our church life uh, and I invited you to imagine uh, a slightly different place. Us going on a journey together, and I set out the, the phrase and this logo, the phrase being a church on the way, and kind of introduce the new branding and all that kind of stuff. Um, and as part of that, uh, there were three words, following, growing, and going. Following Jesus, growing as his disciples, and going into the world to do the things that he has called us to do following, growing, and going. So last week, what I did out is not complicated. Uh, we, that was about a minute and a half. So there you are, you've got it. Um, let me give you a bit more detail. A um, uh, couple of things to highlight. Alpha is starting uh, on the 26th of September in the church centre in the evening, and we'd love as many people as possible uh, to come. So just take a moment right now, okay? I'm going to give you a dangerous prayer to, pe- to pray. You ready? It goes like this. Holy Spirit, who do you want me to invite? Can you just pray that now in the quietness of your heart? Great. Can you do what he's asked you to do? That'll be lush. Um, and, if, and if you didn't get anyone, we'll pray some more until he gives you someone to invite, okay? Um, there's cards at the back. Uh, take them, scribble on them. Also, uh, coming up this week, uh, we've got the first of the way training events. So we're just putting in about once a month uh, some training sessions. This gives us the opportunity to go a little bit deeper. Um, so, um, hands up if you have shared your story with someone within the last month. Great. So you guys need to come on, the, on Thursday night because then you'll be a great encouragement to all of the rest of us. Uh, seriously, come on Thursday night. That was that was that was too uh, directive. Um, uh, it'll be just a real simple uh, way of helping you to explain your story and to get into good conversations with people. So there's two parts to this: uh, the training, but also then the stuff that we're going to be talking about today. I, I also introduced you into this made-up word uh, last week as well: commission. It's kind of the great commission, end of Matthew 28, squished with co-laboring with God. Okay? The idea that he has given us things to do, but we don't go and do them by ourselves. So um, I've really got this word here just to irritate you um, and help you to think about what it means to do the things that God has got you to do. Um, uh, We talked a little bit about how culture's different um, this is a bridge in Honduras, and uh, it was built in the right place, but then Hurricane Mitch came along, and uh, we really do need to get a new screen, by the way. A new pre- I said this last week, but we do. 
Uh, we're going to hopefully get a projector by Christmas, but you know, we'll see what we can do. Um, there's a great picture on the screen that you can't see of a river that moved uh, with a hurricane overnight, so the bridge was then in the wrong place. Our culture has changed, and we do need to communicate differently. More of that another time. I also pitched out last week this... Uh, Not target, not a kind of goal setting, but this idea that God has got plans for this place like he has for every church that is more than we're currently seeing. And I suggested that that might be somewhere around the region of 750 people and that God's primary strategy for getting to that is not a plan or a program, but it's you and me. Because he's put us all over this part of Bath and around Bath as well. And he's put you in the right place to do the things that he wants us to do. So then two strategies uh, to help us to get there. First is making the way clear. And the second is the bit that I've just talked about. Starting right where we are. In the place that you live. In the neighbourhoods that you live in. So that's the reminder. um, And uh, let us dive into today's bit, which is talking about habits. You might have picked that up from uh, the teeth brushing exercise this morning. Um, I, um, there are some habits that are good and some habits that are not so good. Uh, walking the dog uh, is really good. Hands up if you've got a dog. Okay? If you don't walk the dog, two things happen. One, okay, uh, either the dog gets depressed or crazy, okay? Uh, and sometimes the other thing that happens is that also happens to people as well. Uh, you know, so going for the dog walk is a really helpful thing to do. And if you've got a dog, you know, it will remind you each day usually that it's time to go. You know, I don't know how your dog does it. You know, some of them are more intelligent than mine, obviously. Some will go and collect leads. Ours just kind of stare at you longingly like you can read their mind there's only there's only about three things it could be uh we won't go into them um going for the dog that's a helpful habit it's a good thing to do there are slightly more unhelpful habits uh the unhelpful habit could be both starting the pringles tube and finishing the pringles tube that is not a great habit you know, if, if you, if that is the habit that you are in, soon there will be less Pringles in the world and more of you. You know, that's just, that's just how that works. You know, there are some, there are some habits that are good and build us up and there are some habits that build us up in the wrong way. And, you know, we need to try and not do the ones that are unhelpful. So as part of this vision, what I've, set out is just five habits of the way. Five things for us as individuals and as a church family to press into. Because they're things that help us to grow. The habit to pray, to read, to join, to commit and to give. To be praying each day, to be reading God's word, to be joining some kind of small group, to be committing to a service, I'm going to talk about that next week, and to be living generously. Yes, about the money, 
but actually more about a lifestyle of generosity, being kind to those that are around you, seeing others, not just yourself. So uh, let's dive in and we're going to look at the first of the two habits today. We're going to look at uh, praying and we are going to look at uh, reading God's Word. Um, let me kind of give you a slightly gentler run in though. Um, I, I don't know what kind of church uh, you've been brought up in or what your kind of Christian education has been, if you've kind of maybe been a Christian not since you were a child. I, I, I was brought up with this thing called a quiet time. Has anyone heard of such a thing? Give us a wave. Okay, and in my, in my, uh, this, this quiet time was, was, it, frankly, it was very serious. Certainly the way I was taught, it was very serious and, uh, you, you, you spent time always alone, uh, to pray and to read God's word and it was very earnest and serious and, and over my kind of late teens and then early twenties, uh, this, rather than being a blessing, became a burden to me, and I began to see the quiet time, that thing that was supposed to be so helpful, as something rather more like an equation and a burden. That holiness, me being good and liked by God, equaled my ability to pray and read on a daily basis. And so I, in my early 20s, went, no, I must be free from the quiet time. I must be free from all of the shackles of religion and all of those unhelpful things that are going to weigh me down because this is not about a formula. This is about a relationship. So I am going to invite you to do that age-old thing this morning. And if you want to call it a quiet time, you can. I am going to be asking you to pray and read the Bible each day. But I don't want you to hear it as a formula. I want you to hear it as an invitation to relationship. I don't know whether you've read any um, of John Ortberg's stuff. He's a really creative writer in the States. Uh, He, I think, penned this phrase, training versus trying. And that time that we spend with God in prayer and in reading the Word is about training rather than trying. It's not about sitting there in a little room by yourself or at the end of your bed and trying really hard to connect with God. It's about training. It's about going and doing it anyway. Sometimes you'll feel his presence and sometimes you won't. But doing it anyway so that when you go through the rest of your day, you then bump into him in the rest of the day. It's training for what happens in the rest of the day and the rest of the week. It's helping you to build bigger muscles of trust and faith renewing your mind, helping you to grow strong in the Holy Spirit. Uh, I wonder, um, uh, I think all of you will remember this, uh, there's, a few of the, there's a few in the room that won't. Um, how many of you remember when dial-up internet was introduced? Yeah, there's a few of you that don't. Um, you, had this little, you had this little box, it was called a modem. Okay, 
and it had little lights on the front, and it used to make as it talked to NASA or somewhere. Whoever, whoever held the internet, it had to phone them and ask them if they could have some internet so that you could go on the internet. And this was called dial-up, and it was very, very slow. And then I remember when, um, uh, you, some of you weren't as quite as geeky as me, so you might not remember this, when dual line dial-up came in. Okay? BT named it the Home Highway. It was amazing. Did anyone else sign up for the Home Highway? It was just before broadband. You could get, get this, this is going to knock you out. You could get 128K. Not 56, 128K of speed. You could read the BBC news page in no less than about half an hour of refresh time. I, I, I don't know whether that's actually the number. Um, and then, you know, things got better, broadband arrived, and then we all had Wi-Fi in our own homes, and then we started around carrying around these things that, first of all, uh, there was 2G, that maybe was just the name of a phone, then there was 3G, and then there was 4G, and, and 5G is coming, whatever that is, um, is changed. It's changed from something that you have to choose to connect with the old dial-up, to something that is connectable to so long as you're in the right location within the Wi-Fi bubble, to something that you've got with you all the time, always on, accessible wherever you want. I think, folks, I've, I've come to realize, maybe I'm a bit slow of study, but I, I've come to realize that, that following Jesus is less like dial-up and more like 4G. You know, I don't dial in and connect for a moment. He wants always on. Always connected. And the act, the habit of praying each day is simply making sure that you've gone off, do not disturb as you sleep, to I'm available, I'm listening, I'm here. As we do that, as we pray, as we read, what we do is we invite the overflow of God's grace in our lives each and every day. What we do is we place ourselves this is a really good image by the way it's an excellent excellent image apart from the fact that none of you can see it um, it's of a pot in the potter's hands of someone being reshaped my God as we, as we take time to, to pray and to read God's word what we do is we place ourselves into the potter's hands and allow him to reshape us so that we can be the best version of us that he can imagine. Now, I don't want you to hear any of this stuff today and, and think, Mark, you're saying, you know, I've got to sit for five minutes in my chair in exactly the same place every single day, and this, quite frankly, is going to be dull. Uh, what I want you invite you into is a 
is a habit, is a routine, but one that is filled with creativity. Because I don't know about you, but I, I just get super bored real quick. You know, I, I, uh, you know, I, and I need to have these things recreated. I need to mix it up, otherwise I switch off. So I'm inviting you to have a habit, but for that habit not to be boring, but to be life-giving. So let's dive in. Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father. That's great, stop it. You just dated yourselves completely, but that's fine. You've got this stuff inside you. Whether it's the old version or the new version. You know, this prayer is, the, is amazingly rich because what Jesus says is pray and begin the prayer with our Father. He's inviting you to pray this radical prayer where he says you can call the King of Kings, the Creator, the Father of the whole universe, not even just Father, but Dad. This prayer really should be Daddy. Our Dad. He's inviting you into that intimate place of relationship with Him. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus has made it possible for us to come to the Father and he invites us to pray and spend time with the Father every single day. That's why the prayer has got this bit about daily bread. You know, if you're praying and asking for daily bread, well, you need to do that every day. Yeah? This is why it's daily. Daily bread, not, not like a week's shop from Lidl or wherever you go daily bread. Jesus models time with his father. He goes and escapes and the disciples lose him. And he's spending time with his father. Can I encourage you, you know, if you, if you don't know where to start, start with thanksgiving. You know, I, I had a season in my life where it was so difficult to get out of bed that I had to hit the snooze button every single time. And I would use the snooze, about seven and a half minutes, I think Siri gives you or something like that. I would use that time for thanksgiving before my feet had hit the floor. It was a tough season. But I knew that if I simply began my day by thinking of all the things that I could thank God for, my day would be different because thanksgiving changes the atmosphere. Not just around me, but in my own heart and mind. If you don't believe me, go and read some of Paul and you can't turn very many pages before you see him thanking God. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it says this, I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door and knock. And I don't think this is just a one-time invitation. I think it's a daily invitation. With Jesus standing at the door of your heart every single morning and knocking. 
Are you in? Dave, are you there? Aaron, are you in today? Peter, are you in? Sorry, I'm just picking out the fellas. It's not, it's not a thing. Caroline, are you in today? Knocks at the door of your heart and says, can I come in today? Because I'd love to come and eat with you to share the day. Maybe... Maybe you're not so good in the mornings. You know, I'm not great in the mornings. Maybe maybe you just kind of need to make sure the door's open, but then spend a bit more time at the end of the day. There's this great way of praying. It's an ancient way. It's called the examine. And it's based around two questions. And it's a great thing to do at the end of the day. We've done it with almost all of our kids. Two questions. What has been life-giving about today? And what has been life-draining? What has been life-giving? And what has been life-draining? And then bringing both of those things before God. Asking Him to help you in the bits that are tough. And celebrating the bits that are good. You can ask the question in a hundred different ways. You can do it as someone that's been following Jesus for 40 or 50 years. And you can do it with three, four, five-year-olds. You know, what was good about today? What made you grumpy? I mean, sometimes the grumpy question is a good one for us grown-ups too. If you're not going to do this, if you're not going to set aside a little bit of time each day to simply pray, Psalm 23 says this, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Some of you have got this psalm in your head. If you're not going to set aside a little bit of time just to pray, what Jesus wants to do is go with you through the day. So who are you going to go through the day with? Why not set aside a little bit of time? Change a habit. It only takes 30 days to change a habit. You can change them for the good or you can change them for the ill. Next one, read. Second habit. Psalm 119 says this, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. I don't know about you, but, you know, sometimes my thinking is all over the place. Sometimes my head is a mess. And I need the mind of Jesus Christ. I need to have my thinking renewed. Romans chapter 12. So that I can know what God's good, pleasing and perfect will is. I can't know what he wants me to do unless he comes and renews and changes my thinking, renews my mind. How does this happen? I think the best way for it to happen is for us to read the Word of God, to read the Bible. 
And and you know, we live in this fantastic age that has got lots of downsides, but it's also got some great, great benefits. One of them is that you have got the Bible on tap. I mean, I, I, let me, let me show you how I read the Bible, because, you know, I'm, I'm a bit, um, I'm dyslexic, and so I can, hey, I can read, but it's tough, alright? I mean, it's, it's hard work, okay? So when I read the Bible, um, what I do is I, I have this app, and I switch on this app, and, uh, it's just randomly open on Proverbs at the moment. Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. The rich and poor have this. It reads to me. How, how good is that? Yeah, I have a Bible in a year plan, okay? And it picks off a bit of Old Testament, a bit of New Testament, a psalm and a proverb each day. And I, and I put my headphones in and I hit play. Being drenched in God's Word each day. And you know, sometimes what will happen, sometimes, you know, there's bits of the Old Testament where I kind of, I'm sailing through and I hope it doesn't last too long. I'm like, you know, there, there's a there's a lot of slaughtering going on. I'm, I'm 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 wrestling with that bit, but you know, sometimes you be even if it's on the Bible for a year, there'll just be a verse, and you go, that's that's what I needed to hear today, or there'll be something that catches catches my mind. And I allow that place to stay. If you, you know, if, if you've got a, if you do the whole tablet or smartphone thing, get the Bible app, okay? There's a link on the church website for it. You, cause it'll, it'll set your daily readings and it'll then remind you when you haven't done them. I know! You're setting yourself up for your phone or what, your, what was your friend to annoy you. This is the only notification that you're allowed on your phone. No, you can have whatever you like on your phone. There are different ways to read the Bible. Sometimes reading the Bible in a year, maybe using some notes, just a verse with someone's thoughts to help guide you through. Sometimes reading lots at a time, sometimes just reading a little bit. I bumped into someone um, probably four or five years ago and he said, you know, the thing that I set for every new Christian to read is Romans chapter 8 for a year, every day. I was like, really? So I was like, all right, I've got to try that. I think I made about six months. Romans chapter 8, every day. I mean, if you want to try something, try that. Romans chapter 8 is amazing. But when you've read, you know, this struggle of the flesh and the spirit, each day for a month, you know, you're going to be allowing some space for God to be talking to you about it. I am really pleased in my year Bible reading at the moment that we have just moved this morning, in fact, from Ecclesiastes to Song of Songs. Yes! I get to be reading Song of Songs or listening to Song of Songs for, I don't know, it's going to be about a week or something. That's going to be great. I'm enjoying that. It's much cheerier than meaningless. It's all despair. Beginning of 2017, Meg and I thought we'd do this, not the Song of Songs bit. We have read, if you're a married couple, read Song of Songs together. It'll, it'll perk things up a bit. Um, that, that, that's actually a good part of marriage prep, but, you know. Uh, 
If you're if you're very elderly, that's going to be dangerous for your health. Uh, then you know, just go and go and talk to your GP first, and then go for it. Um, I'm going to get absolutely slammed for that afterwards, aren't I? <laughs> 2017, Meg and I kind of you know heading for this sort of transition time, and um, we just landed on a random psalm. So we read Psalm we read Psalm 18 every day together for about six months. It's not a very cheery psalm in bits of it. <laughs> We're like, come on, Lord. If you're going to speak to us, here's your word. And he said so much. As you read the Bible, it's like allowing the Holy Spirit to till the soil of your life. To deal with the stuff that needs changing. To take out the weeds and to plant in the good stuff. If you're not going to read the Bible every day, then what are you going to fill your mind with? Because you will fill it with something. Why not fill it with God's Word? Make it your daily habit. Um, I bought five of these when I was at New Wine because I knew this talk was coming up. This is 30 Days Introduction to Reading the Bible um, by Nicky Gumbel. It's got little kind of excerpts um, uh, from the Bible and then a little bit of comment, uh, a little thought. Uh, I've got two of these to give away this morning. Who would find that helpful as a kickstart for their Bible reading? Hands up. Quick. Fantastic. So we've got two right here. What I want you to do, okay, is after you've used it, okay, you have to then give it away to someone else at All Saints and give them instructions. Okay, so I'm releasing five of these into the wild. Okay? Uh, so, you know, give it to someone that's going to find it helpful. What's going to happen if we do this stuff together? And I think what's going to happen is we'll make more space for the Holy Spirit to do His work in our lives. We'll start to have more of the mind of Christ because we'll be filling our minds with His Word and we'll be welcoming the Holy Spirit to come and challenge us. I think we'll be more aware of the Holy Spirit's leading each day. I think that we'll start to grow in the fruits and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm not setting this up as an equation, but what I know is that the more time we spend with God, the more time He gets to work on us. So there's going to be some change. And for some of us, you know, we're a bit more resistant. So the change takes a long time. But there will be change. Because that's what He wants to do with us. You'll know more peace if you do this. Don't mishear that. It doesn't mean that life will be any easier. It doesn't mean that suffering and hardship will go away. But what it will mean is that even in the context of that, you can know His peace. It will mean that you'll be more and more wanting to seek the kingdom of God and that we'll become a church on the way.